Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm Morley Kurt, and I will be your host tonight. And joining me as always is Adam Mackey of Maker Mackey and Grant Alexander of the accurately named The Grant Alexander. So I was telling the boys in the pre-show and have mentioned it a few times in the last couple episodes, I've been working on a collaboration recently, which always seems to give me a lot of energy. I've been working with Sarah Giffen making this painted LED sign. Um, and I've been editing the video now cause the project's done. We got it installed in her apartment. It looks great. And it's so fun to look through the footage and kind of reminisce on like, we spent, you know, a few afternoons together at her apartment, like the first time and the second time and to like hear the banter. And I kind of decided throughout the editing process that I would just forego voiceover in the second half of the video. Cause there's so much just talking that happens between us. And it kind of got me thinking a little bit in that I started just kind of questioning the nature of maker videos and the question of the videos that I want to spend my time doing. And I think it was also from watching, from watching some shows and thinking like when a character is ever considering something or anything interesting is happening in a show, it's always a conversation between two people. It's very rare that it's a single person talking to themselves or an internal monologue. Like the most interesting things that happen in video content, if you're taking into account movies and TV shows and even YouTube videos, tend to be people talking to one another. And it just made me think a little bit about like how I want to move forward in my videos. And like, I, it's, it's obvious that I want to do more collaborations. They're great. They, there's so much creativity comes out of them. And we can talk about that as well. But it also just made me think about like working in teams and how much great work and engaging videos can come out of that. Um, and you know, it's been, it's been encouraging and uh, me in the last like couple weeks or so, like I tried trying to start a discord for the creative community in Toronto. Cause I'm, I want to connect with more people in my area. Um, yeah. Like, what do you guys think about, about all that? Grant, I saw you had something to say. Well, so you talked about the uh, greatest moments um, often involve multiple people. And I think about that's that's likely true because it's, it's I, I don't want to say lazy, but it's one of the easier ways of moving the plot forward and telling the viewer what's going to happen by having a conversation with two people and not breaking the fourth wall. But what mm-hmm. in maker videos, you can break the fourth wall. You can talk directly to the camera and say, I want to do this. I'm talking to you. And I think um, one thing about working with others and then having that other person is is that sometimes it can you can now disconnect from the viewer because you're mm-hmm. no longer having a conversation with them. You're having a conversation with your buddy. Like you could you could obviously have it go either way. Like you could have you two talking to the camera. Obviously there are maker videos where that's what the people do, but you just gotta, I, I know that you can fall into the trap of talking to the person and stop discussing what you're actually doing with the viewer. Um, I watched uh, some turning videos that were like eighties or seventies VHS now uploaded to uh, YouTube. And I found that, 
they would often have in like today's YouTube videos. It's a one person. This is how I do it. And I talk. Right. And in those videos, they all had a person off to the side saying, so can you tell me how to do this? And then they'd talk to that person <laughs> because that was yeah. the, the format at the time. Yeah. I think one way I, I'm thinking about it is it's kind of like a sanity check when you have another person there to bounce ideas off of. I don't know if you guys ever feel this, but like, like I'm not an expert in a lot of the things that I do. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm trying to maybe explain something that I'm not qualified to. Like maybe it's a little bit of imposter syndrome seeking it, sinking in. But when you have especially like another creative or another artist to work with, you, you kind of, I feel like you kind of default to your strengths and it allows you to some maybe just speak in a more engaging way and speak more truthfully rather than trying to be the master master of none jack of all trades totally like, i so go ahead okay. i was going to say like breaking the fourth wall like you were saying is pretty much the point of making videos in a way and i think i like i prefer when people do career labs that they still make the video the same as they always would not actually try and use that person to take anything away. So um, trying to get off the top of my head, the other thing one I can think of is like, say Bourbon Moth, for instance, has done a few collabs. And every time he still will just edit it the same. He'll do the voiceover the same. It's not like me explaining anything to the other, him explaining anything to the other person. It's, are they going to do this while I'm doing this? Like everything's still exactly the same. They're just doing some of the work. So I think I get a sense sometimes when I'm watching uh, a single maker working on their own, especially if they're talking that like this person is a little too much in their own head and they, they just yeah. need another perspective to kind of like balance maybe the thing that they're like very passionate about. And <clears throat> it's obviously it's a balance, right? Because the reason you watch certain people, like I'll say like Adam Savage and Jimmy Duresta is because they're characters, right? Like they are, they have built this world around them and they have such a strong personality that that kind of like carries itself. But I think like there's a reason, you know, people work in teams and the the best things that have been made in the world have been made by teams is that when people work together, you can, you can kind of just like draw the other person away from their like neurosis and the places where they're not quite as strong. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to say, I don't think the best things in the world have been made by teams. Like that's a very, very big generalization that you can point to lots of single inventors who, who definitely had amazing ideas who didn't necessarily work in teams and didn't. So like, I think you're, you're in your own head thinking that. So, a, so a tell me about some, tell true. me about some Leonardo tell me about da some Vinci. Single, right. So Leonardo da Vinci was right. a great artist and I will, I would definitely agree that a lot of artists worked alone, but I'm, I'm thinking like about larger projects, movies, for example, it's very rare that a movie is made by any single person because there's so many right. different component parts that have to work together. I, I, I get where you're coming from and I get, there is, it is very difficult to make a very large scale thing without a, uh, a big team behind it, but it doesn't mean that it's the best way. So at my work, we have individual investigations and what they call systemic investigations, but I hate that term because not all of them have to be systemic. What I like to call their team is the team investigation. So it's whether can a single person handle this or 
can a large team does does it require the resources of a large team to collect all the evidence to examine it all to come and make recommendations come to conclusions all that the work i do on a general day-to-day basis and a lot of people give that team the systemic team a lot more like wow they're amazing because they do the big reports that get published that get carried in the news that you know that you know, the national news is going to say the scathing report put out by the minute, you know, the ombudsman. And I, and I look at that and I go in the time that they did one scathing report, I helped 15 people individually. Yeah. But I don't I think get, that's- I'm not in the news and you're doing the same thing here saying the best ideas come in teams. And I think you're diminishing on a lots of individuals who have come up with amazing ideas. I, that's that wasn't my intention. I think maybe a better word would have been the biggest, the biggest things. And I think that's you know there's the expression that like if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. Which is directly in line with what you just said. Like I'm a huge fan of working by myself. I love by my working by myself. I hate working in teams for the most part. I will be the first to admit that. Like group projects in high school were hell. Like I always did all the work. It sucked. But I would be lying if I said that like the times where I've done projects with other people outside of high school, like mostly in other settings, usually came out a lot better than those times I did similar projects by myself. There was this very like clear watershed moment in university where we had the option in class to either do a project by yourself or in a team. And I originally signed up to do it as a team. Uh, About two days in, I got cold feet. I was like, no, they're going to hold me back. I'm just going to do it by myself, which I did. And the feedback from the professor was essentially, you missed the point of this assignment. You didn't answer my question and you went off on your own tangent, which I think is kind of exactly what I was talking about with the sanity check. When you have other people to work with, they can like reel you back in and be like, wait, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And it might be more less efficient. It might be more frustrating, but a lot of times it, it just allows you to come out with a more coherent, higher quality thing. It sounds like you don't hate working in teams. You hate working in bad teams. If you have people that, that know, no, but really though, if you have people that know what they're doing and, and know how they can help and, and all that sort of stuff, it's great to work in a team. But when, when you say like you end up doing all the work, that's because you're paired with someone who doesn't care and doesn't want to do it. But it like, yeah. So for instance, like we've like your collabs at the moment, you're doing it with people that are interested in what you're doing and they want to be part of it. So of course it's going to work well as a team. Whereas if you go, if you said to um, like some random person on the street who has never made anything in their life, "Hey, come help collab and make this dining table," that they have no interest in doing, of course they're not going to want to do anything. You end up doing all the work. Yeah, for sure. So, Sorry, and I just want to I want to bring it back a little bit to Leonardo da Vinci because I agree, da Vinci was like a great artist. He was like one of my big idols growing up. But Da Vinci also had an incredibly hard time finishing anything. He put out very few amounts of actual finished work in his lifetime. One of the reasons he's so well-known is just because of his journals. He had all these fantastical ideas that he wrote down and, and never quite executed. And so I think he might even be a good example of like the pitfalls of working by yourself. It sounds like fear to me. Well, so I don't want to say... to execute. I have no problem working with teams. So I don't, I want to make sure that's clear. My problem is my problem is your assertion that it's always better 
or yeah. that the biggest and best comes from teams. Because I disagree that I with disagree. that generalized statement. I have I think that working in collaborations can be very good, like you said, can bring you new, fresh ideas, fresh perspectives, and illuminate a lot of blind spots that you have in yourself. But it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed to make it better. You can also work on a team and you actually end up with something worse. Yeah, that's a, a fair point. And I think I'm also like heavily coming from my own perspective here in that I think when I look at the things that I want to do in my life, a lot of them are going to require like help from other people and collaboration with other people. So I just, I, I see this like laundry list of things that I want to do and I'm be like, yeah, I need to uh, start bringing in people who have different skill, different skill sets with me than me who can help. That's exactly what I was about to say is that when the team has different people that have different talents and different skills, I think that's where things can be better in a way. Like, um, like Bob was saying last week that he's a generalist. So like for him to do a collab with someone, it's a bit weird because he knows how, or he doesn't know, but like he does everything. Whereas you get someone like me, who's never done leather working in my life. If I needed leather done in my project and I collabs with someone who does just leather working, then that team could work really good. But if I do leather working and woodworking and do it all my can do it all myself, then it comes a bit, less teamwork in a way. Yeah. I think like, I think working by yourself is, is really important to build an identity and like build a strong, like like just talking specifically about creative work, like build a strong style because there's times like when you're making a video and you're like, I'm going to show every single hammer strike cut really, really close together. And if I was working with anyone else, they'd be like, don't do that. That's a dumb idea. But you have this vision yeah. in your head and you're like, no, this is going to be sweet. And I don't want anyone to tell me otherwise. And that's when I love working by myself. And I think for the majority of people, even if you're working in a team, you're still working by yourself like 99.9% of the time. It's just these like periodic check-ins and having other people just like weigh in on your ideas. Yeah. So uh, in talking about working on a team, you were talking about your video and having like another character in your fictional maker neighborhood. And my, my clampendation this week is going to talk about this a little bit more, but it's kind of like if, if you're, if you think of your channel as if it's a TV show and you're the main character doing collabs are like having a special guest star, or if they become recurring collabs, they're like having the neighbor, down the you know down the hallway of the apartment that every once in a while makes an appearance you know it's the Newman from Seinfeld he's not in every episode <laughs> but you know when he pops up everyone goes Newman right yeah, and you right. could have those characters and you could add that and it could really help with the storytelling aspects of your videos and add a lot of creativity um, that that way as well. The problem is For the sure. comment section on YouTube is, when's Newman coming back? When's Newman coming back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you, imagine, I- can you imagine if Netflix had a comment section? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the internet. You just go on Twitter and <laughs> – Yeah, Reddit. I mean, I think um, a, a large part of it as well is that like I mentioned earlier, I think – 
some of the best makers who work alone are the ones who have like strong personalities. And I think that's true across like all entertainment forms. Like who are the most common solo acts that we watch on videos? Probably comedians, right? Like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of art forms like stand-up comedy where it's just one person like by themselves doing something for an hour. And it's not often where I'm watching stand-up or listening to a single comedian on a podcast where I'm like, nah, they need someone else. Like I used to listen to a comedy podcast and when he would bring other people on, I was like, this is a worse show. I just want to hear him by himself doing his thing. But I think for me, like I don't yet feel like I have a strong enough identity or style or personality on camera where I can carry it on my own. Like I want to bring in other people to level myself up. Yeah. I'll say other people can definitely help leveling you up for sure. Like thinking about the things that I've learned from other people is, you know, almost the, it's way like, that's the way the harder part about working with others is, it's just figuring out those rhythms. So if it's a one day collab, it's a much more difficult thing than, you know, you've done a couple recently, like it, it must be difficult to get into the rhythm. Sometimes it works. What if you had went to the Dan accuracy and you guys just didn't get along. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, for that one, for example, like part of what made that a a fun collaboration is it just got me to do a project that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise and got me thinking about this new art form, which is like rug tufting. So I don't think you necessarily have to be like, you know, working in the same room together, but I, I, I hear what you're saying in that it's not a guaranteed payoff. I'm not trying to bring a negative on it, I guess. I'm just trying to say you gotta, you gotta think it through. You can't say yes to everyone as much as you want to. Oh, for sure. Because you don't get along. You may not, well, I don't get along with everyone. Maybe you yeah. do, Morley. I don't know. So, <laughs> no, I don't. So when when Clubhouse was um was getting a, a lot, was like the new hotness. When was that? That was like early or mid-pandemic days. It must have been- yeah. Like 2021. That must have been March of 2021. Because I was in this apartment, I was making the cardboard chair. And at that time, I would like go on Clubhouse as I was cutting out pieces of cardboard. <laughs> um. And there were like, because it was growing so quickly, there was people who were like super invested in it and would like plug their podcast on Clubhouse and they'd go in rooms and they would invite everyone onto their podcast. And I was like, I don't want to be on your podcast. If you're inviting all these random people to be on your show, like the show sucks. Like you're making it every single day. This is probably not going to be good. Um, and I don't, I don't normally ghost people, but this was someone I ghosted because he was just clearly so out of touch with like, he didn't even know who I was. He was like, do you want to come on my podcast? I was like, why do you want me on your podcast? That's not nice because we make it a good show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't really done any mentions yet. Oh my God. All right. You guys talk. I got to start remembering. Um, well, so when I'm the other thing I think about when I think about working with others when it comes to YouTube and making, I think about the high caliber camp, um, and how I didn't take advantage of the fact that there were all these other people around who were like I talked with them and stuff. But when I was making my video, I could have learned so much from all these other people who are also video makers who are also 
you know, yeah. I could have looked more, what are you doing? How are you getting these shots? Right. I was so focused in on myself. And I think maybe that's part of the problem is I've always had such bad experiences working with others that I, I, I didn't want to put myself into a, a, a situation where there was potential for any kind of conflict at all when I'm in, you know, another country and, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think you so. can, I, w- I wouldn't beat yourself up too much because like, you know, there was a lot going on. You were focused on making a project. And so you, you can't do everything at every moment, especially when you're going back to that footage, you're thinking like, oh, I wish I did that. I wish I did that. Right. Or I'm looking at your footage saying, wow, I wish I'd thought of that. I looked at my footage and was like, man, I should have been filming way more. There's, there's always more you can do when you're looking at it in hindsight, but. You just gotta. Normally, I don't say that. Next time, normally I say I wish I'd filmed a lot less. <laughs> right, but when there, when it's like, I feel like when you're doing a collaboration, there are all these moments which only happen once, and it's like catching lightning in a bottle. Like you're trying to get that good charisma on screen, and yeah, right. it. I feel like when I'm doing those collaborations, those are the times when I just need to like film a ton, because you don't know when something interesting or funny is going to happen. Okay. Thinking of working with others a different way, not in the collaborative way, like, have you guys considered getting, I know like this is a silly question for our, our scale, but getting a camera person to film you and thinking about how that changes things and how much one, it becomes more dynamic, but it also like they become something that like completely changes your video. Yeah. I, um, I've definitely thought about it. Um, obviously again, not in the scale that I'm in now, but eventually, yeah, I, that is my goal. My, my original goal when I first started YouTube was to earn enough money from YouTube to pay my wife the wage that she's on now where she can quit her job and just be my cameraman. Um, so yeah. And I reckon, so like a second part of that question, I think would be great is if you could hire one person today would you hire a cameraman or an editor? For me, it's definitely cameraman. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had Eden be my camera person for like certain times. I've had other people hold the camera and it's always awesome. Cause you don't have to think about it. Um, yeah. When Ryan comes back into Toronto, we're probably going to do a, a project together where he'll like film me for a day and do like a day in the life thing. And I'm so excited cause I won't have to do any filming. I'll just get to like do my thing. <laughs> and act and it'll be so much fun so thinking about the time me and you went on me and morley because obviously there's two people here me and morley i and i went on that camping trip and i remember there's a couple times because i was in the front of the canoe you're in the back of the canoe you were filming and the canoe would go kind of off kilter because you'd stop paddling which was fine but what i i wish i had known you were filming then I wouldn't turn around to see what you were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think if you're, if you're working with others, I think communication is key and that's where I'm, yeah. how I'm, I'm putting that all together is I felt like we could have done such a better job if we'd both communicated better. If we were just meeting each other in real life for the first time and going off on a camping trip. So it was kind of weird. And <laughs> you know, like, like it wasn't like a, we didn't really think about making the video as much as we could have. It was more about the camping right. trip, less about the video, which is co- yeah. completely fine. Um, but I just think about that and I go, if we had communicated better, 
at the beginning about what our our goals were. And I think if you had a dedicated camera person or another teammate, you would talk about those kinds of things and maybe have a better. But what are your thoughts on communication? Well, when you meet up for yeah. the first time in the bush, you should definitely talk about your each other's intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like um, communication, I think is definitely a big part. And what you were saying before is if you meet up with someone who has a shit personality and doesn't communicate right, that's going to be a big issue when it comes to collaborating with something. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's really difficult to know all those questions to ask going in. Cause especially when it's a new format for you, like, you know, it would have been great if we had realized that in the moment, but I think it is a really good learning experience. And it's something I kind of am starting to learn. And I see that in the footage with Sarah, like there was a moment for her video when she asked me what I was doing and I like explained it to her behind the camera. And it ended up being a really valuable part of my video. Cause I wasn't using voiceover at that point. And it was a, it was a very seamless way to explain what was going to happen next. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I think it's something that's can be difficult to do going into one because it's a very atypical social interaction, right? Like, I don't know if you guys have ever gone into a store or gone to go pick up something from Facebook marketplace and ask the person like, Hey, do you mind if I film this like for my video? You know, and I feel awkward doing it. Um, like I went and picked up this table for the, for the fold down table I'm going to build. And I was like, psyching myself up on the way to go pick it up to be like yeah just like act natural just ask them like hey like you know just making a video to mind if i film like people do this all the time we live in an instagram culture and he was super cool with it he's like yeah do you want me to hold it i was like no i'm just gonna put it up here on your step um (laughs) it just takes practice to like get used to communicating that very weird way the same way that speaking into a camera lens is very unnatural all this social interaction around cameras is, is weird Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've gone to film in Bunnings a few times, and I'm just like, yeah, people are going to think I'm a weirdo for filming myself in Bunnings, and just, and then I don't do it. But I would love to, and I, I've heard a lot of people, like a lot of like the daily vlogger sort of people that film themselves in public all the time. Like the first few months is the same thing; it's just trying to get past that fear of people judging them and, and all that sort of stuff. So speaking of daily vlogging. Uh- I think about a year ago, I was thinking about trying to do like a, a 10 day daily video challenge. And I had the idea again this morning after not thinking about it for a long time. And I think I'm, I'm finally ready to do it. So I think I'm going to try five days of making a video every day. And then once I hit that, like, see if I want to continue carrying it forward, but I'm like super excited about it. I think it's going to just be a very valuable experience of like quick learning and just becoming less of a perfectionist. So what's your plan there though, to record, edit and post in one day or have five videos ready to post five days in the succession? It would be record, edit and post in a day. So I guess I would always be, I don't know, a day or half a day ahead. Yeah. Hmm. So when the pandemic started, uh, Steve Ramsey uh, was doing that, a daily video a daily project. Like he didn't finish the project in the day, but every day putting out a video and that's what I unsubscribed from him. So <laughs> I, I've, I've thought of, I've thought about it to be honest, doing like not, not like a daily thing, but like instead of making videos of like per project, making like a vlog of like this day, I got this done this day. I got this done. This yeah. Day, like each day is a different se- separate video, but I don't do enough in a day 
If you if you were doing this full time, you could make it work. But I don't do enough in a day. Well, that's why I'm going to do it because I'm doing this full time. <laughs> exactly. But I'm yeah. not going to make so, it no, I mean, work. Got- like, oh, today I went out and put some glue on something, and now I'm done for the day. Like. One of the people I watch, Scott Seaman, he does a uh, in like this week with Scott video where he goes over everything he did in the week, um, which is kind of like a fun little thing. And then you kind of you can get insights into what people are working on. And I think as a full time YouTuber um, like yourself, morally a full time maker, I actually think like a weekly video vlog style of what you've been working on this week would actually be really good. Yeah. And to bring it back around, like in part was inspired by Sarah because that's what she's doing on her YouTube channel. She's doing like weekly or biweekly studio vlogs where she'll just piece together footage from two weeks and it'll be like in part, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. And these are all the things I have to get done mixed in with like mixed in with B-roll of working on her art and her jewelry. Uh And they're really good. And it's like, it's kind of a format that I forgot about or or maybe just became less conscious of but i think the videos that i've been most entertained by on youtube were daily vlogs they were corridor digitals daily vlogs or freddie w like whatever that whole crew was those like i was so stoked for each of those videos each day they came out and they were jacko's daily vlogs those two things like that's my bar i want to reach for i'm gonna say i've officially grown up since but i will honestly admit that I watched Roman Atwood for two years straight every single day. Hmm. Um, I, I don't do I that have, anymore. I'm, I'm I have personally never watched a daily vlog. I can barely get through some people's weekly vlogs. Or well, it's, it's really <laughs> funny because back then it was like a 20 to 30 minute video every day, right? So I'm like, oh, sweet. So every day I've got something that I can watch when I was at work and stuff. And now I'm struggling to keep up with everything I want to watch. Yeah. And I don't watch that daily vlog anymore. Like it's, it's weird. Yeah. I Um, mean, honestly, it might be a format that has like, doesn't have much of a place anymore in our, just like how much content we have to consume. so much content out there. I feel like for, uh, you know, any intensive experience I've had in my life has been a great growing experience. Like a three day design challenge in university or like going to camp. So I feel like, doing it for five days, I'm only going to learn things and and yeah. make some cool videos okay. that I wouldn't have otherwise. Can I challenge you for something? Sure. F- five days, five collabs. Oh, that would be cool. Because we're talking about working with others this episode. That would be... I don't know if you remember. It would be intense to set up, but... I would, I would love to do that eventually. I don't know if I'm going to do that anytime soon. Um but yeah, that would be that'd be really cool. Here comes the new five day challenge series. <laughs> <laughs> so, in thinking about kind of like working with others, I, 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 you know, one thing that you mentioned in the di- in the Discord when we were chatting about this before the thing you talked about, you know, like relationships are the most important thing. And I said. I disagreed with that point, but I'd save it for the podcast. Now we're here. So do you want to say what you meant by that? And then I can say whether or not I do disagree with it. Sure. Um, Yeah, I think it was a, it was a pretty sentimental feeling that I got one night, which is like, I think it's a larger feeling I've had about 
or an insecurity I've had about like making things and making videos and that it's a lot of working on my own and not with other people. And I personally feel that having relationships with people is a part of life that brings me a lot of joy and a lot of love and is something that I want to spend my life doing. And a lot of people work in the like, quote, helping professions or the caring professions and get to do that in a very fulfilling way on a, on a daily period. And just the nature of what I'm doing right now is, is very much not that. So I think it was this kind of like existential thought of, you know, how do I, or should I integrate this thing that I feel is very important into my daily work? And it, it was important in a personal way, but also just important in a, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, in an entertainment way. Like I feel like when I see interactions between people on the screen, that's when I'm very engaged, but I'm not going to like die on that hill. I think there's plenty of examples like we've mentioned before where it's a solo person. So I think that's kind of what I was, what I was feeling, if that makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to take this in two different ways. You talked about, um, you feel like you're working alone. And I think that you don't realize how much you're not because all your videos get viewed by people and those people are part of your community and they comment and you talk with them. And I think I, you know, I'm sure you have conversations with people all the time on Instagram and, and, you know, YouTube people and and all this. So you have a community. I just don't think you're seeing it. So there's that part of it. So I think you have relationships and I think you're already, you're already helping and serving others and you're just not seeing it that way. So just to address that before you move on, I I think you're right, but I think selfishly, I just, I value in-person relationships more than I do internet relationships. I just, I get a lot more out of them personally. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, but it's, it's something I feel. No, that's, it's a completely valid thing. I just wanted to make sure that you understood that part that I heard. Uh, The other part is you talked to like, what you had said on the discord is relationships are the most important thing. Or it's something along those those lines. And I, I I think yourself is the most important thing because without yourself and without self-care then it your relationships you can't put time and effort into relationships if you're not putting time and effort into yourself. Right? And I think relationships are probably like number 2. Yeah. But it's just something I wanted to kind of say because working with others, if you don't know and how I'll wrap this all around is if you don't know your own style and you don't know, you're not confident enough in making, like if you're first, like if you go back to your first videos and you think about trying to do a collab with other people and not your hundredth video, Right, where right. you're now doing collabs with other people, you're so much more confident now. You can so much do it because you've learned yourself. You've learned things so much by doing it yourself first that now you're capable of doing it with others. And I think that's something that that maybe I don't know. That's just something that went through my head. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, right. I think two right. things come to mind. One is I think. I take my self-care for granted because I think it's something that's like very important to me and I, I've never really let sacrifice. Like I always get a lot of sleep. I try to eat healthy. I just exercise. 
and so I don't, I didn't even think about that as a, as a thing to come before other things. I think when I think about relationships being like the most important thing, I think I regret letting certain relationships go. And that's why it's made me think that like, it's something that takes up a lot of like mental real estate for me is a poor relationship that I wish wasn't poor, that I wish could be better or like, oh, like, I wonder how that friendship would have evolved if we hadn't like lost touch or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Maybe it's just me. And it's. I think I'm also a lot more extroverted than I used to think I was. I think I used to call my, I would have used to call myself an introvert, but now I would probably call myself an extrovert. I, I don't think there's any cyclist in Toronto that could say they're, they're an introvert. <laughs> I don't know, man. I put in my headphones. I don't talk to anyone. I just go. No, but Eden you're so like putting yourself out there. And- I guess so. It's so funny that like, so Eden and I both bike around Toronto and we have very different styles. Like I think she's a lot more vigilant than I am and probably rightly so, but she'll like ring her bell at every car door that opens. But if like, I'll just like go around it. I just like pretend they aren't there. I, I don't cycle dangerously, but I just like don't really like interact with people in the same way that she does. Eden rides in the bike lane while he rides in the middle of the road. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, I'll use a bike lane if it's there, but I'm much more like she'll use the crosswalk to get to the other side and then cross to take a left, but I'll just get in the left turn lane with traffic. Oh, I get in the left turn lane with traffic too. And I don't ride my bike on the streets very much. I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that because it has nothing to do. It has everything to do with not trusting others. And that's probably why I don't like working with others is because I do not trust them. They're, the list of people I trust is so small and to get yeah. on that list is so difficult, right? Depending on what you're talking about trust, like there's obviously levels of trust, but that's, I think that's the problem with working with others is that I'm always worried that either all not live up to what they want or they won't live up to what I need. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, interesting that I said want and need, but that's a whole nother <laughs> psychological problem. I get that though. Like in, in my head, I want things done a certain way. I'm, I'm very controlling in that nature. But then I also, on the other hand, am very, um, what do you say? Anxious, I suppose would be the right word of being the right way for them. Cause I know, yeah. I know how controlling I am and how I want things a certain way. They're going to think the same thing. I think I would also identify as being controlling in the aspects of my life. But I think that working with others has allowed me to become less controlling because it's forced me to trust people. And I've realized that like, there's no really other way when you're working with other people who you trust than to just let them do their thing. Because like, I don't, I don't want to be that person who's constantly badgering them and like makes them feel like they're incompetent. Like I want the people I work with to feel empowered and competent and the, I want them to feel the way that I want to feel when I'm working with someone else. When I work with competent people, that's, I, it is awesome. Yeah. And I've not always, I don't always get to work with competent people. There are people I work with who I don't think, I don't know how they get through their life, let alone work at the office I work at. I go, how did you make it this far? Like, I don't understand it. And I work. I also work with some amazing people that are that are so competent that it it blows my mind that they're stuck at the level they're at or whatever. And they're stuck. They're they're at the level they're at. They should be like 
you know, running the country type of people. And yeah. I've had, I've had three jobs in my life. First one was working at Domino's as a store manager. So I was, my job was to tell people how to do it right. My second job was a security guard watching holes in the ground by myself. And my third job, I'm a trained guard. And it's, if someone's not doing their job right, that's not my problem. So I'm like, I, I have no, yeah. My controlling, like I've never had a job where I expect people to do something a certain way to help with what I'm doing. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think we've <clears throat> talked about this topic to its full extent. So before we move on, I wanted to thank our Patreon supporters, especially Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking and Vincent Ferrari from Because We Make, who are our top level supporters. Everyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the pre-show, which I feel like was just as good as the show this week. We could have, uh, we had to like be like, okay, let's start recording because we're we're catching lightning in the bottle right here, like when you work with other people. Um, and a handmade leather keychain, they get that if they're a patron. If you want to become one, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp and check out all the details there. But for now, clampmendations. So my clampmendation this week is the Make Ideas Reality podcast, uh, which is uh, Justin White, the Garage Avenger, puts that on. And uh, he recently had on this guy, Matthew Dix, who um, is a storyteller. And he just had a really good way of talking about how to increase the ability to tell stories of even, he, you know, he talked about, like, you can tell stories about anything. Every day, there is a... He like he has a method where you basically every day come up with an idea that could be a story. Um, he's got a book. I'm going to be ordering the book. This kind of way of uh, maybe integrating that into my my YouTube videos and and whatnot. Anyways, go listen to the podcast. It was a great podcast. Um, it's available both on YouTube and on your favorite podcast place by searching "Make Ideas Reality." Cool. Nice. I want to shout out Andrew Zito and I know we've talked about him before, but he's just a great dude. I feel like he is very, I love the way, first of all, that he shares things through Instagram. Like I think he really takes advantage of stories in a great way. And I think he's a very talented photographer and he explores the way that you can share photography in a compelling way on Instagram. Um, And he's just like a very open, positive person who I've had some great, uh, DMs with and is very willing to share, very willing to shout out. And um, I wish I could skate as good as him. And I also <laughs> wish we could work together one day in person. So yeah, Andrew Zito, great Me dude. Too. Makes makes awesome stuff. Check him out. I really, I keep telling him to hit me up anytime and I'll come over and help him with whatever project he's working on. But Sadly, pandemics every like every time that I've we've I've kind of thought it would be a good time. It's like oh, threat level like I don't know what's the highest threat levels. Threat level midnight. It, yeah, threat level midnight. <laughs> like one time we couldn't even cross the the border. the The bridge was like locked off. Anyways, sorry, Adam. Uh, my elimination this week is a guy called Alexandre Alexandre. I don't know how to say that name properly. Alexandre. Alexandre. Uh, Alexandre. Chapel? Anyway. 
uh, on how to make a foosball table. And I just found the video really, uh, what's the word? It's just cool to see like the mix of woodworking and 3D printing put together. It's like all the people mm. are 3D printed, the goals are 3D printed. And yeah. Sounds up my alley. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right. Well, Mr. Mackey, do you have a word for us? I, well, I do. It's a bit more of a phrase All like right. we've done before. And it is, what do you know? All right. So for any new listeners, at the end of each episode, Adam gives us an Australian word that we have to decipher. And I feel like this one just means, what do you know? I'd say it's like, what's up? No. Oh. That's why I picked it. It's funny. I use this expression all the time and I've never, I've, it's never clicked to me that like, it's not a normal thing to say. So it's what dash da, like da dash ya dash no. It's like, it's one word. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean though? Okay. So it's an expression of surprise. So say, ah. say you show me, say you show me how to do something. And I'll be like, Oh, what do you know? That's how you do it. The, people say see, that in North America as well. I figured. But see, we didn't. I feel like it. I had heard it somewhere, but you didn't get it. So that's so true. Yeah. It's so not, you know. So if, if someone were to say that in uh in North America, it would sound very like I don't know if corny is the right word, but almost like old timey. Like, oh, yeah. what do you – like nerdy like, almost. Like, what do you yeah, know? Yeah, they'd, they'd be pushing up their glasses at the same time as saying it. <laughs> what do you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Borderline sarcastic. <laughs> what do you know, eh? Can't forget the A. Well, yeah. Wow. Well, another great episode in the books, fellas. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, TF Turning, for the theme song. If you want to watch <clears throat> the show, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Search Clamp Adam Grant. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm choking on popcorn. Search Clamp Adam Grant Morley. It should come up. If you're watching this, you can also listen to it in your podcast player because it's a podcast. Uh, you can also see the cover art on Instagram, on the Clampstagram, and we tweet on Twitter from time to time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See you.